So as the end of this school year has approached, and in preparation for speaking to you this morning on Baccalaureate Sunday, I've been reading a compilation of Kurt Vonnegut's commencement speeches titled, If This Isn't Nice, What Is? This book is made up of graduation addresses delivered to college graduates across the country. And as you might guess, Vonnegut's speeches are comprised equally of helpful advice and obscure tangents. The book opens with an excerpt from one of his addresses in the following way. A show of hands, please. How many of you have had a teacher at any stage of your education from the first grade until this day in May who made you happier to be alive, prouder to be alive than you had previously believed possible? Good. Now say the name of that teacher sitting, to someone sitting or standing near you. All done? Thank you and drive home safely and God bless you all. So this morning I would like to ask you, for a show of hands please, how many of you have had a Christian mentor, a Sunday school teacher, a youth group leader, chaplain, peer, elder, or priest at any stage of your spiritual development from your baptism until this day in May who has made you happier to be alive, prouder to be alive than you had previously believed possible? Good. <laughs> we all owe a great deal of thanks to our mentors for raising us up. It is from these teachers that we discern what it is we value. We certainly learn values from our parents and our families, but as we grow and develop, we increasingly incorporate values and beliefs from a wider network of influencers. We learn what is right and good and true in community, which is why this community, St. Paul's, all of us here, is so important. We develop our values through the help of our Sunday school teachers, youth group leaders, chaplains, peers, elders, priests. Here are a few values I've discerned with the help of my church community and by listening for the will of God in my life over the years. Each person is deserving of love, respect, dignity, and a margin of grace. I am responsible for taking care of creation. I should respond with mercy and forgiveness. These values help me to, to guide every decision I make. Holding these values does not mean I'm always going to make good decisions to discern what is right, but they help me to understand how God is calling me to be in the world. As Christians, we look to Jesus to scripture as an example of how we are to align our values. As Episcopalians, we look to our baptismal covenant as a framework and foundation on which to build our value system. The mentors who take us under their wing walk beside us as we grapple with these texts. They work with us to unpack and interpret the ideologies and theologies 
which help us to become the humans God calls us to be. We have all at multiple points in our lives been changed by our relationship with others. And as we continue to grow, we become these teachers and mentors, influencers and agents of change for others. We continue to grow in our vocations and to live into the vision God has for each of us. Our community not only helps us to discern these values, but also to act on them, to make choices that align with what we know to be right and good and true. Doing what is right does not mean doing what we ought to do. It means doing what is just in the eyes of God. Doing what is good does not mean doing what we should do. It means doing that which will bring about the kingdom of God. Doing what is true does not mean doing what our society or culture dictates, but the truth we inherit by being in right relationship with God. What I mean when I say acting on our values does not mean creating a list of nice words and principles to live by. Acting on our values requires discerning our Christian vocation, listening for God's call, and living into our baptismal covenant. It is our Christian duty to do what is right and good and true, to live out our values. We do so because we have a vision for the world that is different from the world that we currently live in. This vision is the kingdom of God made real. We choose to stand up for what we value in a world that tells us to sit down, despite the consequences, because we believe in the transformative power of God's love. Standing up for what we value despite the consequences is a concept discussed in the social science world as moral courage. Moral courage involves doing what is right in the face of our fears. We are able to act on moral courage when we believe that wrongs can be righted and that change is possible. When we practice moral courage, we do what is right, even when others tell us not to. When we have moral courage, we stand up for what we believe in, speak up for what is good, even when the world tells us to sit down and be quiet. When we act out of moral courage, we are willing to ask challenging questions and to do so with the goal of understanding in the hope of making things better. Moral courage pushes us past concern of being blamed for the consequences of acting on what is right. It removes from us the shame of doing what is countercultural. When we practice moral courage, we face the judgment of others and embrace the fact that those who disagree with us have something to teach us. I want to say to you now that having moral courage is not easy. Just look what happened to Jesus. He stood up for what is right and good and true because he was called by God to change the world. Jesus knew through God and his relationship to others to value unconditional love, respect, dignity, mercy, and grace. These values were and continue to be countercultural. These values got Jesus killed. Jesus had moral courage. 
Jesus did what was right in the face of his fears because he believed that change was possible. This morning we heard the story of Stephen, another person who was transformed by God and called to stand up for what he believed in, who spoke up for what was good in the face of the world telling him to sit down. This story tells us that even as Stephen was being stoned to death, he practiced moral courage. Stephen prayed, do not hold this sin against them. Stephen knew that mercy and forgiveness are right and good and true. When we stand up for what we value, we should be prepared for the reaction. We live in a world with a different moral code than what I have been inviting you towards this morning. Many people try to tell us what is right, but there is always an underlying agenda. Many people try to tell us what is good, but there is always something at stake. Many people try to tell us what is true, but there is always bias. We cannot let our action be dictated by the possibility of reaction based on some earthly moral code. In his most recent address to Executive Council, our presiding bishop, Michael Curry, spoke on this subject, saying that we are called to be value-based, not issue-driven. That being the Episcopal branch of the Jesus movement involves becoming deeply rooted in the vision that God has for the world. Being value-based and practicing moral courage involves putting our trust in God and listening for our call. Doing so will likely not lead us into death, as it did to Stephen or Jesus, but practicing moral courage will be hard, it will be painful, and it will be challenging. We need people with moral courage. Your family, friends, church, workplace, community, the world, we all need you to practice moral courage. If your mentors, your Sunday school teachers, youth group leaders, chaplains, peers, elders, priests, if they had not practiced moral courage, you would not be who you are today. They have taught you to act on your values by discerning your Christian vocation, listening for God's call, and living into your baptismal covenant. The world needs you to do those things. You will be a mentor to others. You will help them to learn what is right and good and true in the eyes of God. They need you to have moral courage. I know this seemed, maybe seem, may seem to be asking a lot. We are all human. But remember that God loves you and God calls you. God gives you grace and forgives you when your fear holds you back. We are blessed to have wonderful examples of leaders with moral courage, such as Jesus and Stephen and countless other prophets and apostles who have been called by God. Our task is to listen to God's call and follow where that leads. Let us then be comforted and encouraged by our gospel lesson this morning. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe in me also. When you find yourself in a space where you must choose to have moral courage, where you must choose to do what is right and good and true, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Follow in the example of Jesus. Believe in yourself and what you have learned to value, in your ability to, 
discern what is right. Believe in how you have been raised up by this faith community. Believe that we will do all that is within our power to support you. Believe that you will grow and that there will always be a place for you. Jesus tells us in God's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Along the way, we will surely be like Thomas, wondering, how can we know the way? We will question ourselves. What if I can't discern what is right? What if I don't do what is good? What if I don't know what is true? What if I get blamed or shamed? What if I can't hear how God is calling me to be in the world? Jesus assures us, just as he did his disciples, I am the way and the truth and the life. Through Jesus, through God, we discern our values. Believe in God, believe in yourself, in your ability to discern what is right, to do what is good, and to know what is true. Believe in your community and in the guidance they provide and require from you. For Jesus proclaims, very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact, will do greater works than these, because I am going to God. If you put your trust in God, you will do God's work. I'll close this morning the same way that I started with another quote from Vonnegut for our graduates this year. We love you, are proud of you, expect good things from you, and wish you well. May God bless you and keep you. May God give you courage and strength to discern what is right, to do what is good, and to know what is true. May God's love and our love surround you all the days of your life. Amen.